It is Thursday, June 15th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. I really had to nail the date. That's why I took an extra second to deliver it. Because speaking of deliveries, what was it, 37 years ago today, somebody got delivered to this planet, Ploof? Yeah, that's uh, that's what happened. I came into this world, and here I am now talking with a guy. You know what, man? You know, when I was like mm. 20 years old, be watching you on TV, you and okay, Kevin Millar, and I'd be like, you know what? I can't wait to work with that guy one day. And here I am. Made it happen. Yeah. Got your dates screwed up a little bit, but this is more about you. The, at at this age, I have to I have to let everybody know that before we started the show, you're like, it's my birthday, like at 37. So this is still like a big thing for you, huh? I don't even know what you're trying to get out of me right now. It's not that big of a deal. 37 is like not <laughs> a special birthday, but I am happy. I'm home. I got a card yes. from both my kids and Olivia. It was it was a beautiful morning for me. That's wonderful. Yeah, I know after a 10-day roadie, that can be tough, so it's good to have you back there. I'm on the road in San Diego. Watched the Guardians get whooped last night, 5 to nothing. We'll be back at it and back at the game tonight. Strong, nice. cheering on our gang, so hopefully it'll go okay. Uh, before we get going, a reverse tip of the cap to uh, Jesus Sanchez, who saved the game for the Miami Marlins last night, stole a grand slam that would have tied the game off the bat of a Eugenio Suarez, so we don't have time to talk about it, but this is where we'll talk about it, so Nice job by him as the Marlins finally get one out in Seattle. Uh, want to talk about um, from the state of Washington to the team from Washington, D.C. Tough year again for the Nationals. Tough way to lose down in Houston, where, of course, they won their only World Series title as the Nats. Uh, they lose it in the ninth inning. Weird play. C.J. Abrams fields the ground ball, comes home to get a force out. They try the double play on Jake Myers, who is running on the inside part of the line. Instead, the ball kind of hits him right as he's crossing first base. You would think he'd be called out for runner's interference. That's what Davey Martinez thought. Instead, it is a walk-off win for the Houston Astros. And Davey Martinez was ticked off. There it is, right there. Take a good look at it. Is that on the line? I don't think so. I'm over this play. Seriously. They need to fix the rule. This is what the umpires see, that he's running down the line. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Fix it. We lost the game and he had nothing to say about it because he can't make the right call. Brutal. Brutal. Do you give Davey Martinez props for bringing, bringing props? I do. I, I like it. He's, he's, this is what managers and coaches do after the games anyway. If they feel like an umpire got the call wrong, they huddle around a screen and they say, we were right. I knew it. And But this instance, he decided to print the picture out and bring it to the press conference. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I don't know, man. I go back and forth on this rule. Like the picture that he brought, clearly uh, Myers is in the way and, and and isn't giving a lane to throw necessarily. But by the time like the throws on its way, he does get over into the baseline. And if they did make an accurate throw to the inner part where the first baseman is lined up, he's out. So it's um it's a weird rule. It gets interpreted by umpires differently. I've seen it called both ways. So in that regard, I think he is right. Like we need more clarification on the rule and it needs to be called the same all the time. Um, but again, if they just make an accurate throw to the inside part of the bag, as the 
first baseman is lining up. You know what they teach you to do there? You're not even supposed to be on the bag in that instance. You get off the bag, really try to create a lane, and as the throw comes, then you move your foot over to the base. That's it. So I don't know, man. That picture obviously looks really bad, but if you watch the video, he ends up over by first base, and the throw was just kind of in the line. So I, I, I think they got it right. Okay, let's just start with the props. That was amazing. Yeah. David Martinez wins. I, I don't know how you're going to get a better 20-second soundbite this season from a manager than that one. It reminded me, and Dan, you're going to have to find this video, of Bill Cower, the Hall of Fame Steelers coach. He was so pissed one time at half because I think he felt like during a field goal attempt or something that the Minnesota Vikings might have had 12 men on the field, something like that. So he had a picture. Back then, they used to use fax machines to get all of the information because they didn't have the technology that we do now. This is probably the early 90s. They had it faxed from the coach's booth, the picture of 12 guys down on the field, down to him. So it gets to <laughs> halftime. He runs up to the referee. He takes the photo, and he stuffs it in the referee's shirt. So this is only second to the Bill Cower move. So anytime you're going to be compared to a Hall of Famer, you're okay in my book. Davey Martinez, I love it. Obviously, the the glaring rule came into effect between these two teams in 2019 with Trey Turner in that stadium. And I could just tell you this. We stayed in the same Houston hotel as the umpires. So the umpires come rolling back in, and Jim Wolf, whom I know pretty well, was on that crew. I spent a half hour with him going over the rule. And I was more confused after spending the half hour yes. with him than I was before. I still don't understand it. I don't get it. I know you're supposed to run on the outside little lane that they've got. Myers obviously is not on the outside, but by the time he gets to the base, he's there. He's one with the base, and that's when the throw happened. But I mean, by I think by the nobody the law, runs in the outside lane. Nobody runs in that I know that they running don't. lane. They don't. That's because number one, your swing doesn't take you there. When you swing, you end up in fair territory. The running right. lanes in foul territory, and then the base is back in fair territory. It's just a weird thing. And again, they teach you as a runner to run inside. And then again, at first base, you just have to clear more of a lane, and then you get your foot back to the base. I don't know. I think they didn't execute that throw perfectly and again like we talked about like it, it's in, it's an interpretation rule for umpires or a discretionary call most of the time and they call it differently yes that, that's the thing i suppose if they had called him out i wouldn't have been like wow they called him out i would have been like yeah i've seen that stupid rule and i still don't get it i still think that they may, maybe should put a second base next to the next to first base and maybe but even then like i said you're when you end up your swing ends up in fair territory all the time so then you're right. going to run outside i don't know it doesn't make sense it, it it's one of those baseball plays it's just it is what it is okay but what i mean here's the real question he rose yeah. in this whole thing who was filming that and why does it look like it's a, it's in like 1996 like that video oh, you mean his video <laughs> what's up with that who was filming that I mean, An really, intern. if you ask me what year that's from, I would say uh, 2002. <laughs> it's insane. It's definitely standard def. It's definitely standard, standard def. def. Do they make standard def now? <laughs> Sheesh. They do for Washington Nationals press conferences. Oh, man. Uh, good call on that.
Um, so the Astros get a win, but they suffer a couple of huge losses. Earlier in the day on Wednesday, it was announced uh, uh, that Jordan Alvarez, it sounds like he's going to be out at least another three weeks. Could be as much as six. He's got a, a blown out oblique. We know those things can be really tricky, particularly for big dudes. Then Lance McCullers, his season is over before it even starts. Uh, surgery, flexor tendon, second time in like the last five years or so that he's having arm surgery. This is a, this is a tough one for him. So how worried are you about Houston's reign there in the AL West? And will it have to make a big-time trade, in your opinion, now? I am starting to get worried about the Astros and them winning the AL West, not only because of all the injuries they've had to deal with, just be, but also because of how well the Rangers have continued to play. And, like, they just have – they're firing on all cylinders. So that alone right there gives me concern – uh, if they can win the West. But, yeah, I mean, all the injuries. Three of their starting pitchers are out. McCullers, Urquidy, and Garcia. Uh, now Alvarez is, you know, that's that's a, probably the biggest blow is not having him in the lineup. Although, you know, their lineup has started to go a little bit. Kyle Tucker's, you know, doing a really good job, and some of the other guys are catching up. Um, I read that their GM says they're not going to be pursuing, like, an arm, like a starting pitcher. But they do want to pursue a left-handed bat. Which makes sense for them because, you know, they wanted Brantley and they wanted, you know, obviously having Alvarez in there, that helps them out. But right now, Tucker's really the only, like, primary left-handed bat they have uh, that's playing every day. So I could see them going out and doing something like that. This organization has been tried or, or, like, been tested before with depth and they've, they've been able to come out of it okay. It's still up for the taking, the West. I know that they have to catch the Rangers and they're going to have to deal with these injuries and possibly make a trade and they need Jordan back to catch them. But, I mean, they can do it, but I'm definitely concerned. Or I guess I'm not concerned, but I don't know. It's like I give them a 50-50 shot to win the West, which I don't think I would have said you know, prior to the season at all. No, we would have said basically like 95. We would have said something catastrophic would have had to happen to the Astros and one of these teams would have had to really impress us and if we had had to guess, we would have said Seattle and certainly yeah. not the Rangers and most likely not the Angels. And both those teams are playing exceptional baseball at this point. With that being said, the Astros are only three and a half back. Right now they're yeah. locked into the second wild card, but not by much. So they, I think that here's the thing. Houston hasn't made that bombshell move in years. I think the last time they did it at the deadline was Zach Greinke. They have picked up some nice bullpen pieces along the way, but they haven't made that earth-shattering move during the season, right? They did it with Verlander in 2017. They did it with Greinke two years later. But most of the other teams in baseball have given us those wow moments. Houston hasn't, and I'm not going to believe their first-year GM necessarily that he's not going to work on something for that pitching staff, in part because Hunter Brown is a guy who's on pace for 175 innings. Last yeah. year was the most he threw between – the minors and majors combined, it was like 126 or so. That is a substantial difference. I'm curious, like, where is this left-handed bat going to play as I'm looking, you know, up uh, and down the lineup? You know, yeah, he can replace Jordan, DH, left field if they go after someone like that. But then what happens? What I, what I read is he was looking for someone that could play multiple positions, like almost like a utility left-handed bat which kind of makes more sense for the roster. But then who is that in the big leagues right now that's going to be available? So this isn't a left-handed bat, but the, the Jordan news broke yesterday after we were done with the show. 
and Jolly and I were kicking around some ideas and somebody said, Luis Robert. And I was like, oh my God. Because you, if anything, okay. you could use a center okay. fielder. <laughs> yeah. Right. And if you're interested in emptying the bucket on prospects, that would be the dude because you can't get a left fielder because Jordan's going to have to come back. And if Brantley comes back, then somebody's going to have to DH and then Tucker's in right. But center field is the one area where maybe if you want to try and swing big for the fences, I mean, do they try a monumental trade and try and get a pitching piece, whether that's a Giolito or somebody else and Luis Robert and just say, you're right. Yeah. F it. Let's go for it. You can't believe what these GMs say right now. They don't want to seem no, thirsty for pitching. Not. They don't want to seem thirsty for anything because that's negotiation 101. You got to make the other people believe that they're, you know, the thirsty ones. Uh, I see someone in the chat said belly, which is an interesting one. He is left-handed. He does play multiple positions. He can play infield. He can play outfield. That's an interesting one because, you know, the Cubs really aren't really one. doing anything. One-year deal wouldn't cost a ton. But isn't belly like... It's one of those guys was pretty outspoken about uh, 2017. That would be interesting yeah. to see him. I mean, I'm not saying that it can't happen. It'd be interesting to see him in an Astros jersey. But the one guy he went after was Correa because it was the two of them going back and forth in spring training that year. You know what? And Correa is my guy right now. Like I've had oh, some really good boy. conversations with him, and oh, I've seen what he's like around the clubhouse. And you know how I feel about that anyway. So don't don't give me that. <laughs> All right. Uh, it'll be certainly an interesting one to watch the Houston Astros as we continue to march on toward the trade deadline. Hey, I want to welcome everybody to the world of sports cards reimagined. So whether you are a brand new collector or have shoe boxes full of cards in your attic, the sports card investor app, it's going to completely change the way that you buy, sell and collect. Uh, you can jumpstart your collection by finding the best prices on cards for your favorite players, helping you build a one of a kind collection and save some dough as well. You can easily track value of your favorite cards, find the best prices with eBay deals, and see which players are on the rise, all from the palm of your hand. So with up-to-date sales data on over 2 million cards, you'll always know exactly what your collection is worth when you buy or sell. I mean, it is just right there. Like most people are checking the stock market in their hand all the time. Now you can check the value of all your cards. I know Ploop has the app, and he checks it frequently all the time. Don't you, bro? I do. I do. I got to see what's going on with my investments. Love it. It's available for free in Google Play and the App Store. Reimagine how you collect and download the Sports Card Investor app today. That's good work for you. If you love that mm. sort of business, man, and it has become a booming business yet again in recent years. All right. Speaking of booming, you notice uh, who's playing well? The two teams that vied for the NLCS crown a year ago. The Astros, they have won uh, – the Astros. The Phillies have won nine of their last 11. And meanwhile, the Padres have taken five of their last six. Which team is playing more like the one that we saw last season in the NLCS? I think right now it's the Phillies. You know, they've gotten some guys going. Obviously, we know what Schwarber has been able to do in June, so his numbers are starting to look good. Uh, JT Riomuto is getting going. He hits for the cycle the other day as Torrey Lavelle is yelling at him. Um, the one thing that they're doing really well, though, I mean, we're getting some good starts from from Taiwan Walker as well, but their bullpen it has been really good lately, and and they've actually had to send some guys down because it's it's 
there's too many options out there. And uh, Rob Thompson mentioned that saying we got so much depth there. He got, he's got a bunch of guys that he has faith in. And when you're a manager and you have guys that you can go to in the bullpen and you know, you can put them in different situations. You have the high leverage guys p- pitching. Well, it just makes your job so much easier. So I think the Phillies, I mean, how many, nine of the last 11, you said, I mean, they're going, they're, they're going yep. to be there. That's too good of a team. I Trey know, Turner smart. really hasn't even started going yet. Like he will be there. This is very similar to Carlos Correa and the twin situation. Carlos hadn't done anything. He started the heat up. They're a different team when he's going same thing with, the Phillies. Once Trey Turner gets going and they have all of their guys firing off at once, like this is a team we're gonna be like, oh yeah, like obviously they're that good. I know they got off to a rough start again this year, but the cream rises to the top and the Phillies will be there. So I'll say the Phillies are probably playing better to me right now uh, and look better than the Padres. Yeah, in part because they've been a little bit more consistent. Um, even though the Padres are five and one in their last six. Roll it back a little bit more. Four of their last five losses, they have scored one run in each game. One run. It, it Go back like the last two weeks and check out their schedule. So they'll win a game seven to three. Next day, they lose six to one. Then they win eight to four. Then they lose three to one. It, it, it was crazy. It just kept bouncing back and forth. And so it was fluttering all over the place. Now I watched them in person. And I can tell you that when Tatis, Soto, and Machado all go deep in the same game like they did last night, they're feeling good. That place is electric, dude. I was like, I was there with Michelle and the boys, and we we were just looking at each other when uh, when Machado hit the homer, and we were, we're all like, "Oh my god!" And we're like sitting there in the flickering lights. Place was jammed for a Wednesday night. I couldn't believe it. Could not believe the uh, the crowd they had last night. So. They're starting to get that vibe back a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're right there. If they end up sweeping the Guardians today, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. But if they do, they're going to be back to 500. Philly's back to 500. By the way, Philly isn't running on all cylinders yet. Do you know that Kobe Clemens has more homers in like 40 fewer at-bats than Bryce Harper this year? That's what I'm saying. Like there, There's still room to grow for the Phillies as well. So like I'm, I'm – I'm banking on this team to come and, and make a real strong effort here towards the end. And and like I said, show what everyone knows they can be. It's going to happen. Yep. And Schwarber still has a negative war. Even though he's got almost 20 homers. Like if negative it, 0.6. Bullpen has been – I mean, bullpen's always an issue for any team, but for the Phillies especially, like now they have some guys they can rely on, It's it's just changes the ballgame. Meanwhile, while there is hope in places like Philly and San Diego to make that run in the National League, it seems like all hope is lost in the city of St. Louis. No idea what's going on there. They get swept at home by the San Francisco Giants. They were one strike away, and then Yaz hits a game-tying homer, and the Giants end up winning this thing. St. Louis is now, I believe, 15 games under 500, and their stars like Nolan Arenado, they're, they're at a loss. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, I don't even know if you would call it a stretch anymore, right? I mean, it's just bad baseball. We've been playing bad baseball for a while now. So um, do I think we can play better baseball with the players we have in here? Sure. But that that remains to be seen, and we're already three months in. Go go watch the entire Arenado interview if you have time. Go find it on uh, on Twitter. It, it was really eye-opening because this is a guy who's like, I, I think he's shocked. 
I think this entire organization is shocked, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but they they're going to be sellers, aren't they? I think so. I I don't. I think time is running. Hey, there's Michelle. Yeah, Love her back there. What's up, Michelle? Yeah, I, I I don't see them coming back, and this is this is definitely a a team right now that is struggling for an identity. It's wondering what's going on. The one thing that's crazy to me, Chris, is there's been some underperformers and that's going to happen. And, you know, I, I, this roster to me is, looks really nice. Like we could talk about the starting pitching, whatever, but the defense has been so bad this year. Last year, they saved six defensive run saves. They saved 67 runs. They're fourth in baseball. Times are good. You got guys that can, they can go do it. This year, Chris, they're 28th in baseball. Negative 26 defensive runs saved. They're, well, I guess they're tied for last, excuse me. Cardinals, Royals, and A's are all tied for last with negative 26 defensive runs saved. Now, I don't know if that's positioning, if that's guys just not performing, but every single position except for first base as a negative DRS. Like you're just not going to win ball games if you're underperforming offensively, pitching wise, and your defense is bad. I mean, that's basically what's going on right now. So it's they're getting hit from each way. And that thing, I think that's the most shocking thing to me is to be able to go from tops in baseball basically to the bottom in one season with basically the same guys. I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. So I, I I was really curious. I had to look it up. When do you think the last time the St. Louis Cardinals finished last in their division was? I don't know because we talked about this. They haven't had a losing record in 20 years or something like that. Yep. No, 2007 no was, the, was the last time they, they had a losing record. It was not the last time they finished last. I don't know. You tell me. 1990. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 1990. Quick math, that's 33 years ago. That's been a long time since a team has stunk that bad. Their winning percentage, they have won less than 40% of their games so far. Care to venture the last time they failed to win more than 40% of their games in a single season? Is it going to be like 1895 or something like that? 1916. Oh, boy. So you are talking about an organization that is not only used to competing for titles, divisions, whatever, in a bad year, we're at least going to be interested in the wild card. They they don't suck. And they do. I mean, we've talked about this before, but they miss Yachty. And then last year, like Pujols comes over, comes back, and it's kind of like a magical run. And and maybe they covered up a lot of issues that we didn't really see coming. But without those two there, and Marmol just handling some situations very poorly, mm-hmm. it's it's not a united front. It's not. And usually, winning I mean, winning hides a lot of that. But when you're going this poorly in all these different facets, I mean, you're going to get those clubhouse woes and. I mean, they are just, it's just bad. I, I Katie Wu, who covers their team, I believe for the athletic, mm-hmm. I tweeted at her yesterday. Every one of her tweets is so sad. It's like, 
It is. Cardinals cough up another lead. They're losing by three runs in the ninth inning, and then she gets ratioed, and then I kind of laugh because I'm like, wow, it's it's tough to be a beat writer when your team is struggling so badly. Oh, it's, that's, it's the roughest gig in sports, to be honest with you, a baseball beat writer. And, you know, I bless your heart in Oakland, Kansas City, and like St. Louis right now. Um, I don't know where they go. I think they're going to trade some guys. I think they'll trade some bullpen pieces. I think Flaherty could be on the move. Uh, I think Jordan Montgomery will get traded. I mean, Tommy yeah. Edmonds playing out of position because they're trying to get their best offensive team on the field. This is when you know you're panicking. When you have a guy who is a gold glove infielder and you're putting him in center field when you have an abundance of outfielders. Like, it's just everything is poorly constructed. It wouldn't surprise me if they do hit the reset button eventually after this year that I think a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. I hate talking about that, but I know that Arenado and Goldschmidt both went on the record yesterday and were like, this is not our coach's fault. And I don't know whether or not that's them being good people, good leaders, good teammates, or they honestly feel that way. Could be a combination of both, but we'll see. I don't know. It just stinks. The whole situation stinks. For a lot. Rough to see. I mean, they're, they have – the worst record in the National League. Worst record in the National League. Yep. The St. Louis Cardinals have the worst record in the National League, and they have pretty much the entire season. And by the way, for the first eight weeks of the year, the two of us were certainly like, hey, listen, they got time, they got talent, and they got the NL Central. Well, at this point, I'm telling you, man, all of that's still true, by the way. All of it's still true. There is talent on the roster. It, there is still time, yes. and they are in the NL Central, but they have given mm -hmm. us zero glimmers of hope that they'll turn this thing around. Like, there's no signs whatsoever. All right, we, we got to run, but give me a percentage chance that they win the Central. <clears throat> They're eight and a half back right now. I'm, I'm going to give them a percentage. I'll say 15%. 15%? But they have to go like go quickly because they will blow this thing up come, you know, the end of July. I'll I'll give you the under on that one, in my opinion. Okay. All right, Fubo. You know about it? Streaming service, over 200 live channels of sports, movies, shows, and news. Fubo is the streaming leader in baseball coverage. So open up your ears, folks. They got MLB.TV, MLB Network, other top sports networks. Fubo has the most baseball games you can get without the use of cable. Plus, with Fubo, you can stream all the action from game days anywhere on any device that you own. And guess what? Father's Day is coming up this Sunday. If you're looking for something a little different for your pops, the biggest baseball fan you know, why not check out Fubo? Why? Because Fubo's got 55,000 live sporting events annually. Innovative features like multi-view, 4K, UHD quality, fan view, stat tracker, and oh so much more. And here's two things I love about it. It includes a 1,000 hours of cloud DVR at no extra cost. That's important because you're not going to be able to see everything live. And most importantly, there's no commitment, no contract. You can cancel at any time. So many other places they want to lure you in. Hey, can you sign for two years? Can you sign for three years? Fubo says, nah, you're good. I haven't found anybody who doesn't like Fubo. But if you're you're out there and you want to say I'm out, they say thank you for trying us. We appreciate it. We want you to try it now. Free seven day trial plus sign up at fubotv.com slash baseball today to activate a special offer for 15% off your first month. 
That is FuboTV.com slash baseball today. All right, before we hit the road, um, the Mets are doing anything they can to shake out of this early season funk, and that includes Francisco Lindor, who isn't on a chopping block, but his hair was. He got rid of the payload, chopped it all the way down, went from like U.S. Open rough to the putting green at Augusta with the way things look. Are you one of those guys that is in favor of changing things up when things aren't going your way? Absolutely. You know, you feel like a new person. You start performing better. I, I love it. I love you made me laugh right there with the rough and the greens. That was a good one. Um, Thanks. He looks so much better with a shaved head. Like this yeah. is a good looking dude. The guy that I'm looking at my screen with the hair on the left. Not as handsome as the guy with the shaved head on the right. <laughs> Like it accentuates his features. Like he's got, like he's just a good-looking guy. So show your face off, man. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm in favor of this. I did this, Chris. 2012. I was a scrub. wasn't playing. Just was not a good baseball player. I had long hair. Anthony Swarzak took me in the, in the shower, shaved it all off. Next thing I know, I was hitting bombs pretty much every single bat, and I won a starting third base gig. So Lindor, 96 OPS plus as of right now. I'm going to call that this guy goes on a run for the next like two, three weeks. How about that? It just, sometimes you need it. You need a little change. Look good. Feel good. Play good. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah. I've always heard people do weird stuff. I know mid game. One time Malar shaved his mustache or something mid game in between okay. at bats. So whatever works for you. Last night he ended up going one for four. Um, this is going to be an interesting look because this is going to be the similar before and after of one Brady Rose coming up in the next like 24, 48 hours. You know, he's got the crazy mane working right now. Yeah. Yeah. He always likes to just cut it all off and start fresh for the summer. So we'll, we'll do a That's little before nice. and after on this. Show. Yeah. We'll see how it works out. I yeah. Shave well, mine got, too. No, you've got great hair, but mine's not terrible right now. I just got a cut. Thanks, Lauren. Good work. Shout out. Hey right, Frankie, listen. you're a good-looking dude. Show your face off. He knows that, bro. He has. He's got a Gucci mitt. He, you know, know, you can't be ugly and have a Gucci mitt. That just doesn't. That doesn't coincide with one another. Um, have a great birthday, man. Love you. Thank you. Happy to call you a friend, and hopefully, I'll see you in the near future. Love you, see Rosie. Yeah, come over Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ooh, maybe. Hey, we'll see. Hot tub heated. Oh, hey now. I mean, holy smokes. If you want the best 52-year-old dad body on the block <laughs> doing cannonballs into your jacuzzi. I, I'll you lower the water it. level a little bit just to even things out. <laughs> For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke. And the birthday boy, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today. <laughs>